I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Previously on Chaotic Normal. The aristocrats were deciding which council member of Port Providence to choose as their sponsor for a new ship. They chose Gellin Primewater, who had previously seen them perform as the aristocrats as their potential sponsor. But in order to gain his trust, they would have to sail to the Third Wizard, an island in the Shattered Isles, acquire the Panacea Fruit, a fruit that has eluded Galen Primoter for some time, a fruit that could heal wounds and provide long-lasting life. In order to do so, Primoter provided them with a ship, the Naughty Dream. The crew now embarks upon the Naughty Dreams to the Third Wizard to find this panacea fruit to an island they know is well swarmed by goblins and other foul creatures. Will they find this panacea fruit, or will this prove a fruitless venture? Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. So our game right now picks up with the uh, crew of the Naughty Dreams. That's right. The crew of the uh, sailboat, the Naughty Dreams, has just shoved off from Port Providence, leaving uh, leaving the their their would-be investor on deck or on the docks, having just discovered that you've been also making deals or attempting to make a deal with his rival. Uh, Anders Salmar. So you've left Gellin Primewater staring at you aghast as you shove off from the dock and are headed on your way to the farthest away of the uh, Tres Arcanistas. The three arcanists, or three wizards, are a nearby island range adjacent to the uh, uh, Isle of Port Providence, or sorry, the Isle of Providence on which Port Providence is located, but they're not like swimming distance. But they are a quick, uh, short sail by boat. And you are on your way there to head to the farthest away, the third wizard, in order to try and find the 
uh, a ancient one ruin that has been sunken down, collapsed within the island itself due to the cataclysmic Everstorm. There, at the behest of Gelin Primewater, you are trying to find this panacea, this golden fruit that the uh, that the goblins deliver to Port Providence every year at uh, midsummer. You're trying to find it to bring it back to Gelin Prime Water before Anders Salmar can outbid him for it, and in order to uh, find out how to grow it, because clearly the goblins have been able to grow it in some way here within this sunless citadel, but you have not, or but Gelin Prime Water's efforts have failed. He told you every time he tried to grow it, it would start to get to a certain height, and then the sapling would just disappear overnight. He has armed guards ready and standing by for this year for the sapling, and he's ready for it, but he knows Anders Salmar intends to outbid him for it, so he can't even try to grow it again. He wants to make this panacea available to the people of Port Providence, obviously with significant financial profits for himself, and uh, doesn't think it should be in the absolute control of the ravenous goblins who have invaded this Ancient One ruin and are clearly pillaging the uh, secrets of the Ancient Ones for themselves, or rather pillaging and destroying all of the Ancient One secrets, as the goblins are known to do. And so you've, uh, he's g- equipped you with the naughty, ma- or sorry, the naughty Dreams in order to get yourselves over to the uh, farthest away of the Three Arcanists. Uh, and if you can return this, if you can do so... You have proven to Gellin Primewater that you are absolutely capable explorers and capable uh, people at leading expeditions to the far-flung places of the Shattered Isles. If you succeed at this, he is going to sponsor a ship. Uh, he will commit the 7,000 gold outstanding that you'd need to buy a sailing ship, and he is willing to do it for as little as one half of the uh, the commitment so despite you him paying two-thirds of it he'd only be getting one half of the profits that's what you talked him down to and you're headed there and you also had a few other uh leads that he tried to sweeten the pot with uh that he'd be willing to vouch for you for anything you wanted to take from the ancient one ruin including the uh anything off the remains of the adventurers that he or the explorers that he sent before you Uh, And he would also see to it that you would get the bounty uh, placed by the, uh, it's the Heraclear family, uh, who sent one of their own children, uh, one of their own children joined up in the expedition that Gellin Primewater had sent to the Sunless Citadel before you. So he had sent an expedition before you uh, that failed, and uh, he needs you to basically fill in for them. There is a bounty out for, or not a bounty, but a reward for the return of um, of Talgan Hukriel and Sharwin Hukriel, a uh, fighter and a wizard who went before you and are both locals to Port Providence. They went in the company of a ranger and a knight uh, that weren't locals, um, but none of the four of them have been seen. And so the uh, the naughty dreams, your new ship, your great boat that you are now the crew of, no longer the crew of the Sturge, but instead the naughty dream, uh, you find yourself crossing Fortune's Channel on your way to the far uh, to the Three Wizards. And you quickly find that while you when you get away from the cove that Port Providence is located into, you start to hit the rough currents of Fortune's Channel. 
these currents are great for propelling large ships down south on towards many like the isles of Melora, down past the doldrums and onto the Ancien Archipel. But they are terrible for ships like yours, or ships in quotes, I should say, for uh, dinghy, oversized dinghies like yours. These rough seas are raucous. You find yourself gripping at the edges. Fortunately, you're all proficient sailors, so none of you are uh, vomiting from the uh, the nausea it induces. And you're all keeping your uh, seats, but already crowded on this small dinghy. You wonder if uh, if you will even be able to bring any treasure back, if there's any space in this for it. Uh, you have Zell Nern working at one of the oars. Has somebody else taken up one of the oars to help keep you on course? I guess I'm not the strongest one, but try it out. Uh, Jules grips at an oar in the front to help with steering. Uh, Zell Nern in back to help with uh, power. Oh. And uh, or I think it's the other way around. Uh, it's, it is the other way around. Uh, well, meanwhile, there you do have your sailing mast up because this has a single masted uh, sail. And uh, so you have that, and it requires at least one person to work the rigging of that. Who among you is working the rigging for the sail? I can rig the sail. So Phil is actively maintaining the sail, and then I trust that leaves uh, Celeste being a natural navigator with your uh, Taroka deck. I trust that you are actively trying to plot the course and maybe do a Taroka reading despite the uh, rocking waves that hit the ship. Um, yeah. All right. And then, uh, well... Jules, or sorry, Jules, uh, Rubert, what does that leave you to do? Uh, just making sure everyone's doing their job right. <laughs> hey, Rubert, you want to borrow my spyglass? Oh, I would love to. Oh, well, would, there would be nothing that would bring me greater pleasure. Rubert, do you do things like uh, tell people, like, carry on and, like, ask Celeste for uh, what direction the waves are bringing you, uh, navigational Mm. charts? Do you you give a command? Do you do that annoying thing where you ask people to do their job and I was already doing my job, Mm -hmm. so now I don't want to do my job (laughs) because you told me? The thing in real life that I hate more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Zelnorn, be, be sure to keep your elbow up while you're uh, rowing that. <laughs> Celeste, what do the uh, stars tell you about our fortune? No, shh. No, shh. Stop. <laughs> All right. So as uh, as you engage in this, uh, the lo- four of you working while uh, Rubert is there uh, commanding, uh, you recall the past two trips or adventures you've done, in which case, both cases, you hoisted a mutiny, and you wonder how long Rubert is for this crew. <laughs> um, and as uh, thoughts, as mutinous thoughts plague your minds, you cross the uh, Fortune's Channel and draw yourself close to the three wizards. The Trace Arcanistas are a... Uh, they are a island ravaged by the everstorm and an island completely unsettled in fact the only like prominent structure visible on any of the three wizards actually there's two prominent structures on the first of the three wizards is the uh ominous tower of xenopos the uh tower belonging to the archmage conquistador who came here uh, hundreds of years ago and mysteriously disappeared his tower has never been breached not even by goblins but it stands as a terrifying reminder of the wicked past that uh, outsiders brought to these lands Beyond, uh, uh, that's only on the first aisle, which actually has like smooth sand beaches and is approachable. The second aisle is a mixture of rocky crags and difficult jungles. 
but the third island where you are headed is the most foreboding of the three. Like the other wizards, uh, the waters surrounding the third wizard is too thick with shoals and uh, too shallow for any deep-keeled ship, so any proper sailing ship really can't make it to any of the wizards. Only dinghies or river boats are actually perfectly suited for the uh, waters surrounding the three wizards. However, obviously, no river boat without a with a shallow draft could make it across that channel that you're actively crossing still. Uh, and so, a ship or a, a ship again, a dinghy like yours is actually best suited for a launching off point from Port Providence into the Wizards, um, so long as you're capable enough sailors to navigate Fortune's Channel. And as you uh, cross towards it, fortunately being capable enough sailors to cross Fortune's Channel, uh, you reach into those shallow shoals that are full of terrible rocky crags that easily could rend open the hulls of your ships. Although these are the toppled cliff faces from hundreds of years past when the Everstorm wrecked this island, and so coral has grown across them, sea life is countless around it, and it is a beautiful shallow uh, turquoise water beneath you as you row through it. But as you reach towards the third island, and you see that while it has these dense shoals around it, it is towering cliffs that jut straight up from the water at places at nearly 150 feet high at others 80 feet high. Uh, there, is, there is no beaches anywhere on the island. Uh, what goblins do make it home get reach it by climbing ropes and rocky holds that they've cut or holds that they've cut into the rock making it to where it's basically unapproachable. It is completely unsettled, and there is but one structure on it, a large tower that's hard to make out by it without a spyglass. So, Rubert, make a perception check as you are studying the island with a spyglass. Does that give me an advantage? It allows you to see it. <laughs> with advantage? Uh, 11 plus... 3, 14. Oh my gosh. It does, no, it doesn't give you advantage. You're good. Um, but yeah, you look over and you spy... Uh, you said 14? Yes. Yeah, spy uh, out there in the jungle. You actually do spot. You only need a 10 with a spy glass to spot it. You see where tucked in among the jungle, there actually is a solemn tower. So overgrown with vines. It's more of an obelisk than a tower, but so overgrown with vines, it looks like a piece of the jungle topography. Um, except for with the spyglass allowing you to see enough detail to see the ancient masonry clutching beneath the vines. This is a fire finger, as uh, the locals call it. a One of an ancient network of lighthouses scattered across the shattered aisles that are remnants from the ancient ones. Although these lighthouses are strangely always found inland at places that wouldn't have been useful islands pre-shattering. So what their true function is, or their original purpose, is unknown. However, occasionally these lighthouses get converted, or these fire fingers, get converted into modern lighthouses, helpful for ships' trade. The reason that this is valuable to you is it's known that the uh, this Firefinger in particular sits at the uh, top of a cliff's edge that leads down to the Sunless Citadel. Uh, and so as you row closer, you can see even clearer, though, that those cliffs are 
unscalable except for by the strongest and most capable of climbers which i don't believe anyone in this group is a particularly strong climber is anyone proficient in athletics uh i am i am so sell oh okay so zell nern and phil might be able to get their way up over the cliff's edge but as i said it's 80 feet high at its lowest and this island is known to be crawling with goblins uh, making it to where such an approach would likely just leave you halfway up the wall when goblin arrows start peppering you, and that is a horrific my death. Shell? Huh. <laughs> it might be useful, Zell, but uh, you might just get over the edge only to have nets thrown on you, and then there's no helping the rest of your friends up. Uh, so for this reason, I'm going to ask Celeste, the navigator, to go ahead and make a, uh, I think it would be a wisdom navigator's tools check. Using uh, your Taroka deck as your navigator's tools. So that's going to be roll your d20, add your wisdom modifier, and proficiency because you're proficient in navigator's tools. See if you know of a better route to the Sunless Citadel. I got 11. Got an 11. Uh, Well, again, I needed a 10, so it's not super hard. Uh, Fortunately for you all, many many people have tried to delve into the Sunless Citadel in the past. Its location is not a mystery. It's the shallow shoals and the dangers that lurk within that have kept people from really uh, delving into it, and the belief that goblins have already stolen everything of value from it, so why go in? Uh, Which is mostly true. Uh, what it, so as it turns out, the third sister, or sorry, third wizard, isn't just uh, straight cliff edges on the outside. When it was struck by the earthquakes of the Everstorm, it actually broke the island with deep chasms cutting through it in a latticework. These chasms plummet all the way down to about sea level, or just below sea level, making it to where there is basically deep valleys that are at places only 10 feet across and at others 20 or 30 feet across that crisscross through the island's interior, making a sort of incredibly deep riverbed that runs through the uh, island's interior. At low tide, this uh, interior is sandbar, or these riverbeds are sandbar, making it to where it's free to walk on and easy to traverse. At high tide, it fills to nearly three, four feet deep and is flooded with countless fish coming to feed on all of the uh, plant life in here. And then the many sharks that follow in that fish's wake. So it's uh, got sort of two settings, this, uh, this walkable chasm path either it's a sandy path that you can be easily traveled through the island outside of the range of goblin arrows because they'd be shooting you for a, from 150 feet above their crummy short bows aren't going to be able to hit you with any ease making it a safe place to travel by low tide but by high tide it becomes a shark infested nightmare channel that's full of rocky crags hard to get a boat through uh, so it's either hyper dangerous but you can take a boat or it's uh, pretty safe, and you can't take a boat. The reason I bring up these these chasms, though, is it's known that the chasms lead right to the entrance of the uh, Sunless Citadel. Basically, when the Citadel collapsed and was pulled down beneath the earth in the Everstorm, uh, or beneath the Isles Crust, ground and dirt fell on top of it, covering it, and over the years has hardened and thickened into a steep, stable ground. 
but miraculously, the castle itself or the fortress itself kind of sits propped up, half sticking out of the ground, facing into the chasm. Basically looking like, uh, I think it's Petra in uh, the real world, uh, where it looks, in effect, like it's a uh, fortress carved into the face of the cliffside, although it looks broken and crummy, so a dwarf would be disappointed in it, or so story tells, but uh, most people would look at it as a marvel. Um, so knowing that, and uh, Celeste, you having found or identified the way, and knowing you just have to find your way through the chasms to that Firefinger's base, and there you'll find the entrance to the Sunless Citadel, there is really just one choice for you to make. Would you rather uh, enter at low tide, tying up your boat to rocks, and then uh, heading in through the sandbars to get there? Uh, or would you rather take your uh, sailing boat in, like put the the mast away and using your oars navigate down the uh, channel at high tide uh, even though it will be shark infested in order to get to the entrance to the sunless citadel Rubert, you're taking on the role of captain oh, what's okay. your preference <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> i hmm. if we go in at low tide we would have to bank on also coming out at low tide again, hmm? Do you have the tide charts? I mean, I don't need that. They're all up here, my boy. <laughs> Why would I need the tide charts? Very <laughs> good. We have a very wise captain. Can uh, we, go, um... ahead, go ahead and make a survival check on the tide charts, everyone. I'm looking for uh, uh, for knowing this place's specific tide charts, I'm looking for a 20. 15. 11. Nope. 19. 12. None of you know exactly what the tides are here, but it's worth noting the Shattered Isles left so many deep wells and strange, uh, like strange unnatural shapes and bays that the tides are very unpredictable island to island in the Shattered Isles. Each island keeps to its own tidal chart. But what might be high tide in one place is low tide uh, in another, like just in an island just adjacent, as it takes longer for the waters to fill. Some say this is just geographical differences. Others say it's evidence of the Everstorm still swirling its magic beneath the waves. Uh, regardless, though, tide charts are inconsistent and a valuable thing to actually create. Over Bear has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> But most sailors believe they have an intuition for it. Mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, I think, what the, uh, what's the tide like now? Uh, you realize that it is basically low tide now. So if you took a bit of time to get ready and tied up the boat, you'd be hitting it at the best time to go in at low tide. Or you could long rest and wait for high tide, is your guess. Uh, well, it's low tide now. I figure we... Strike while the water is wet and go in at low tide. While the sand is dry? Mm. <laughs> sea metaphors. <laughs> uh, does the crew uh, agree to this, to uh, tie off the boat uh, to the cliff face, uh, pulling it up on the beach so it doesn't just batter against the rocks, and then uh, setting, or not the beach, but the sandbar, and then heading into this interior chasm during low tide? Allah. Yeah, I'm fine with it, but we got to take care of this thing. I like this guy, you know, the wet dream. 
This is a naughty good dream. The naughty dream. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if something happened to this boat. It's a little dingy. If something happens to it, you cannot get back. Yeah, we need a way to get off of this island. Our new life on the island. Become <laughs> goblin kings. Yes. Oh, right. it's like I didn't hear Jules say that. Yeah, this, this is, is a great boat. So Jules muses on be, being goblin kings being better than getting back into the naughty dreams, uh, while Phil obsesses over it as like the coolest boat he's seen. Um, and as the two of those ha- basically two of those adventurers basically talk past each other, the rest of you stare down the chasm before you. Cliffs on either side stand 180 feet tall. Tall jungle trees tower even higher up above you, uh, meaning that basically between you and where you start to see the sun above, there is about 200, maybe 250 feet of, uh, or even more, of cliff and tree obscuring your sight. As a result, the chasms are pitch black before you. Even at this bright, sunny day, um, as you kind of peek your head in, your eyes adjust a bit, but it is a eerie, wet cavern, basically, although it's open air. Uh, at this point, next to the chasm you've pulled into is about 20 feet across, um, and you see that there is some uh, fish who didn't make it out in time with the tide flopping on the ground, um, and there is uh, some evidence of coral and uh, other like sea life still stuck in here that manages to handle it when the tide pulls out uh but for the most part yeah i'll take one check oh you guys grab dying wet fish all right uh whereas you as you hold your slippery fish uh you look down into the chasm and you wonder what predators might stalk there uh it is dark and uh, what light sources do you have to offer got a torch torches so who strikes a... a torch i will I pull my goggles down. And your goggles, for clarity, that's your drift globe, right? Um, let me reread that. How we kind of... I'm sorry, I wrote it in my notes. Uh, the goggles shed bright light in a five-foot radius and dim light for another additional five feet. And this is a magical tinkering thing. Okay, that's cool. What's the item called? Just so I know. It's just the magical tinkering, and then I just tinkered on goggles. I oh, mean, you okay. can make... So, yeah. Any oh, it's item. an artificer. Okay, that's super yeah, it's cool. An in- yeah. All right, so uh, you you're, you shine out like a bit of light around you. Um, and does anyone else strike a torch, or uh, is Phil's ten foot aura of light all you use to rely upon as you step into this chasm? I'll strike uh, a torch too. Yeah, Rubert strikes a torch. All right, uh, Rubert, and- can I can I get that spyglass back pretty quick? Thanks. Oh, yes, of course. And Rubert, uh, as a half-elf, your eyes are adjusting clearer to it. You get a better sense of vision than everyone else. In this darkness, uh, it's still hard to see, uh, but you are getting a bit more uh, definition, basically, than everyone Hmm. else is. Um, Although still, it's hard to make out in this gloomy mist. Uh, All right, so Rubert, you have a torch in one hand, while meanwhile, uh, Jules, you also have a torch in one hand? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and so with guttering fires burning a thing you would never have on a ship due to, you know, fire, um, you step off into the chasm. Uh, Celeste, you are using the, uh, you have your Taroga deck as guidance and uh, your knowledge of the stars. Uh, 
so I try. I take it you're leading the way, or does somebody else insist on it? I'm pleased. Unless you would like to. I want to make sure we go at a good pace. You want to pick the pace and I'll direct? Yes, please. <laughs> Sounds like a good, good, solid plan. And now, Zilnern... I'll give me time to read the cards. Zilnern, what in your mind is a good pace for uh, traveling through a chasm? We don't know what dangers could be ahead. I believe we should be slow and steady and make sure nothing comes up that we weren't prepared for. Where is the excitement in that? The excitement is in knowing that we are prepared. <laughs> you, we have very different ideas of excitement. As the two of uh, Rubert and uh, Zellner discuss the concepts of, or the finer points of entertainment, uh, you step off into the chasm with Zellner frequently reminding people too fast too fast uh and uh celeste uh like holding out uh, the cards in her hand as she gradually does a reading um trying to get a sense of where to go and consulting them uh holding them up to the firelight carefully to make sure you could actually read uh the rest of you who aren't engaged in uh navigating the three of you jules uh Phil and Rubert, you find yourselves studying the walls in here, where you see the clear indications of tide lines, but you also see some strange artifacts of uh, the cataclysm that was that was the Everstorm hidden in these cliff walls. These were underground, six hundred or like hundreds of feet underground years ago, but or like a hundred years ago, but were broken open when the Everstorm struck sorry, 600 years ago. And uh, you can see that there are things that were meant to be long hidden, like ancient uh, uh, schisms in the ground, uh, like the strata in the ground you can see, tells you that it's actually bedrock on the sides around you, rather than uh, more common dirt and stone. Uh, and then you can see where up above it moves to a thick layer of marble and granite, and I don't know enough about geology to describe what happens above that, or, or even if that's the right order, but it is what it's looking at. Um, and as you kind of see that, it's kind of a beautiful sight to behold. And a lot of you lead your way down the path with uh, Celeste trying to guide you onwards towards the uh, towards where that fire finger was seen at the heart of the island through these uh, winding chasms. Celeste, you are navigating, so I'm going to need a uh, survival or a wisdom survival check from you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm checking the sky, looking for certain stars, looking to see where they match in the path based on what I'm drawing. Note that it is midday, so there aren't really any stars. Yeah, right I know. Okay. I, well, I, I'm well aware of how to read the stars. Well, Thank the you. stars are still there. You just can't see them right now. Yeah, I got a crit. Steve, see? Wow, uh, your pattern works perfectly. As uh, yeah, because I found the bishop and where it would be yeah, on the ground the, based on where the constellation was in the sky. The I don't know why none of you trust me. The critiques that Gell and Primewater gave you are fresh in your mind and you uh, smirk as you realize <laughs> that guy didn't know what he's talking about. You do. I'm not a fortune teller. Uh, Celeste, your path is excellent. It makes no mistakes and no flaws. It's the swiftest path possible. There's not even any swimming required through deep stagnant pools like I would have thrown at you. Uh, however, um, actually, yeah, so there's because you crit, there's no obstacles that you face. Your path is perfect and guides you shortly to the base of a part of the cliff 
beneath that fire finger. Now the fire finger was a uh, hundred feet, a hundred feet tall on a part of a cliff that's 180 feet above you. So you can see the tippy top of it, uh, almost 300 feet towering above you, a scale that's really hard for you to reconcile and identify. But looming out of the darkness is the real marvel. A fortress suddenly emerges from the darkness, embedded within the far wall. The subterranean citadel, though impressive, seems long forgotten. If the lightless windows, cracked crenellations, and leaning tower uh, built in, like smashed into the wall are any indication, all is quiet. Uh, though a cold breeze blows up from below, uh, bringing with it the scent of dust and a faint trace of rot emanating out of the fortress. So basically you find a fortress built into a wall or smashed into a wall and crushed by countless pieces of earth when you can see that there are windows still showing the interior is hollow and there is a scent of, uh, of dust and faint rot emanating up through those windows. Meanwhile, at the core of it, you see what looks like it was meant to be an archway entrance leading into a kind of stairwell up to a courtyard. Uh, you can tell that that upward motion of that stairwell ensures this place does not flood when the tides are risen, but some water probably does get in. And you have found yourself before the Sunless Citadel. Hmm. Well, that was... A lot easier than I expected. What about you all? Yes, I'm sure we just walk in and it's waiting for us on the inside. Well, we should be careful, actually. You know what? This morning I was reading my Troka and I was warned about Illusionist. So it could be Sabotage, too. So it might not be exactly what it appears. Another reason to take our time. Yeah, I haven't done uh, that many stairs with my peg leg, so I might need a hand. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm confident in us. We've got this. Yeah, this is like your thing, right, Jules? You know, trumpet around in caves. You know? Yeah, right? I haven't done too much of this since uh, since the accident, so I'm a little nervous. But I uh, I think we've got it. I mean, I, I know everything I need to know. <laughs> of course, we got this. And then Robert just strides forward. <laughs> All right, Rubert, taking command once more. Rubert, uh, or leadership. so fast. <laughs> uh, Zilnern follows after you, trying to get you to slow down, and you find yourself stepping into a crushed courtyard. I say crushed because it was likely meant to be a greater outer expanse at one point, but has collapsed so much from the, you know, being sunk down beneath hundreds of feet of earth that uh, there are tight walls packed in around you. The courtyard is perhaps uh, 30 feet across and maybe 20 feet deep leading to a tower or a rounded tower wall with a door set in it. The ground at your feet is hard uh, stone. Uh, or yeah, not hard, not like uh, natural stone though. It's clearly like masonry tiles. Um and then uh, these narrow stairs emptied into this small courtyard. Apparently the top of what was once, like you realize this courtyard was once the top of a crenellated battlement. Uh, the buried citadel has sunk so far into the earth that the battlement is now level with the surrounding floor around it. Uh, that, And as you look forward, yeah, there's this tower uh, wall. You can tell from the fact that it's curved and a door built into that, a heavy banded door uh, with made of 
thick oaks, but those timbers have rotted with the years and it hardly looks defended. Like seawater has clearly damaged it repeatedly. Um, and then the tiles at your feet are, uh, like the ground at your feet is uh, like large tiles uh, that are well grouted. And actually, uh, before I ask for anything else, quick pause. What is everyone's perception? I need to know that. Passive perception is yeah. um, 14. 13? You said passive, right? Yeah. yeah. 11. 10. Bills is 11. I wrote this in the wrong order. Uh, what's yours, uh, Rubar? Uh, 13. All right, so highest in your group sounds like it's 14. Yeah. And what was yours, uh, Phil? It was 11? Yeah. Jules was uh, 10? Yep. Does Jules' scars, like, do they have any, like, color to the, like, do they glow or anything? Or is it just like a, just like a scar? They're kind of, like, red, slightly open. It's like, you know when you, like, get a cat scratch or something and it's kind of, like, red, thin line? Kind of like that most of the time. And then, uh... Or any other cut? It doesn't... (laughs) have to be a cat scratch well anyway and uh depending on what spell is going on sometimes it kind of changes kind of glows i like i like that we have similar features but for very different reasons Mm. so zell nern uh you rush off after sorry you move at an appropriate pace after rubert up the stairs and everyone else follows the two of you you've stepped into this courtyard or this courtyard in quotes that used to be an old battlement leading up to a tower uh this ground at your feet is tiled stone the walls around you are collapsed rubble and the uh wall across the way is rounded a tower's edge the ceiling here is maybe uh, 10 feet tall. It's a tight packed corridor um, and or not corridor, I guess a uh, room. And uh, you see there's a door set into that stone. The door looks old and withered and rotten away. In fact, there are some holes in it. Uh, and, but it is made of rusted or has rusted bands of iron on it that are of an ancient era past. Uh, and uh, so what do the uh, the five of you do if you've stepped into this chamber? seems the only choice at this point is go forward into that door. Can we read? Or is there like anything signifying on the door that represents what history it's from? Uh, it doesn't look like this door was designed to be a main entrance at all, since it's a. Uh, it looks wow. like it was a tower entrance from the battlements. Presumably, if you're on their battlements, you're either an enemy or... Uh, you know where you are, and in which case, there's no need to uh, do decorative designs. I listen under the door. So, Zellner, you stride across the room, and unfortunately, your passive perception is not enough to notice it until you uh, hear the slow enough! (laughs) Until you hear the click, uh, and you all see as Zellner topples forward as he steps across the room, and a trap door is made visible uh, to the... or or made visible as basically the ground itself, a 10-foot by 10-foot tile in the ground, suddenly Flips, causing Zelnern to plummet downwards while the tile basically rolls over on a rotating hinge and uh, like reseals itself with Zelnern trapped down beneath it. Um, Zelnern, to find out if you're actually trapped beneath it, I'm going to need a DC uh, 15 dexterity, or yeah, yeah, DC 15 dexterity saving throw to dodge out of the pit before you collapse into it. Four. 
Uh, Zelnern topples down into the pit, and just as soon he has disappeared from view. Uh, what do the eyes other... and deceit? What do the other four of you do? De- I told you, lies and deceit. Yeah, the illusionist. He was a good is guy. Here. It is what it is. Uh, look Let's down get going. the edge of the pit to see if he's okay. So you see, it's basically like a tile surface uh, no. set on two rollers, uh, like t- on two pins. When he stepped on it, the whole of it basically rotated, dropping him, and then flipped over, sealing him inside. As it's basically uh, hard, I can't think of a word for that. Basically, like a thing that's equal on both sides, mm-hmm. set on a rolling bar that flips when someone steps on it. Can I kind of push down on one side to keep it half open and see down in? You push and find that your hand can't seem to add enough weight. It clearly has a weight sensor to it or some kind of component to properly apply enough pressure to uh, to get it to actually flip. You can attempt a strength track check to push the plate hard enough and maybe your character can bench the requisite 150 that it's going to need. Um, we can find out from a strength athletics. Chill nerd. Are you okay? Uh-huh. You hear him shout, uh, quietly shouting up from below. Uh, meanwhile, Zelnern, you have toppled down a uh, painful 10-foot drop. Uh, when you hit the ground, you, uh, you felt an ouchie in your, uh, in your back uh, as you took a whopping five points of bludgeoning damage. Not great. Oh. Um, fortunately, there was no poisoned spikes at the bottom of this pit, but... You do find there are a pair of goblin skeletons down here. Uh, One of them has been dead for quite some time. Another has been only recently slain. However, as you kind of land amongst them, you've heard heard something scampering, moving in the dark, frightened of you as you hit. It didn't seem like a small thing. Uh, And basically you're feeling around it, feeling tiny goblin bones next to you. Because you are plunged into darkness. You can hear them up above calling for you. I strike my torch. Zelnern scrambles for a torch, grabs it, and drawing it out, you see a pair of hungry, frightened, and angry little red eyes, though not so little as you might hope. A giant rat looms before you, its teeth bared, its body a little bit des- like uh, looking very fat and plump from the flesh it's devoured off of a recently dead goblin. But this giant rat looks at you with a hunger, a clear desire to kill you. Uh, up above, you're not sure what's going on down below, but Rubert, what do you do? Mm. Do you do anything to get yeah, Zelnerd out? I mean, I can't see down there. It's still covered, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try and run across the platform and like jump off before it has a t- before it has time to like suck me down in it. And where is your goal to land? Because you saw it basically ends at the other side of the door with only like a one foot wide gap that you could theoretically land on on the far side. Next yeah, to the I'll door. try. I'll try and land next to the door, like flat up against it. Oh, you, All right, you know what? It. If he's gonna do that, is there like a rock or something I can grab? So like, well, so technically you're the... you're in initiative order, so I can let you do that come your turn. But yes. Oh, uh, okay. It's not something I could do combined with him if the platform. Ah, sure. Let's let's do it. Yeah, your turn is uh, gone from this, but yeah, you're yeah. You let's say you could do that. You eat up your turn for that. So your goal is to do what? Yeah, just before you flavor it, what how I'm trying to describe it is if he's running across this platform, and his weight's gonna like cause it to shift like back and forth as he's running. 
Uh-huh. I just want to have enough time to like try and stick something underneath it. Oh, okay. So like as it's like rocking, you want and before it resets, you want to try and jam it. Okay, yeah, that's totally doable. Uh, so Rubert, you rush across. The whole thing rocks back and forth, and you're trying to keep yourself light enough on your feet that you don't plummet down in. Make an acrobatics check. Uh-huh. Uh, so like 15. a DC 15. Hey, 15 was the deck, uh, the DC. You managed to get across and land yourself on the uh, one foot wide uh, sort of lip on the far side that puts you next to that banded door, uh, that banded wooden door. Uh, you see the uh, uh, pa- or you see the platform behind you still rocking back and forth, and you can see the light of Zelnern's torch flashing through it. Uh, you also he realized there seems to be a giant rat hissing down there with him. Jewel, or and uh, Rubert, do you make any effort to attack that rat or anything? If not, Jules. Uh, yeah, I'll viciously mock it. <laughs> All right, you insult the rat. Uh, it attempts. It has to make a saving throw, right? Yeah, DC thirteen wisdom. Remarkably, this rat is so self-confident that when I roll a 14, he doesn't <laughs> suffer from it. Uh, you, you're still a stupid rat. And he's proud of that. He's, he's <laughs> proud of himself. Um, and your, your mind negativity isn't going to work on him. Uh, Jules, what about you? You're aware that it's a hard jump to make and that there is a giant rat down there with Zelnern. It's got three quarters cover from you because of the rocking back and forth of the uh, platform, but you could probably throw off some magic down there if you wanted to try and kill this rat before it gets to Zelnern. Yeah, I want to try to cast Toll the Dead on it. All right. Yeah. Uh, the, what's the DC on that? 13. Uh, this rat, unfortunately, is so resilient from how fattened <laughs> up he is from that goblin that I rolled an 18, and even with the uh, giant rats, oh no, plus zero, or no, yeah, wisdom, right? Or is it wisdom? Not? Yeah, the rat's self-confidence keeps him alive. Uh, and unfortunately, you do not drag him towards death. As the Ur rat, which is apparently what this is, scrambles toward this giant rat that's easily the size of a small dog, scrambles onto Zelnern. Zelnern, the little beast, starts attacking at you, uh, biting into ah. your sticks to hit. Its teeth rake uselessly against your hard carapace, doing nothing against you. Zelnern, you've got a torch in one hand. How do you respond to this giant rat trying to eat you? You shouldn't have done that. I drop the torch and I take out my great axe to finish him in one blow. All right, it, your torch splashes down into like the puddle at your feet, but fortunately it lands on a goblin corpse, so it doesn't go out. You grab your axe and you cleave into the goblin, wow. or the, goblin the rat. 14 to hit. Fully cleave into this beast as you throw it <laughs> off you. Your axe cutting it in midair. 11 damage. And it's sliced in two. The goblin problem is solved. Uh, Zelner, uh, with the goblin problem solved, you're out of initiative order. Or not the goblin, the giant rat problem solved. You're out of initiative order. Um, but well, Celeste, he's more goblin than rat, depending on how much he ate. That's true. There was a full <laughs> goblin's worth of flesh inside him, so now he's about 90%. Uh, Celeste, what do you do? Goblin's been dealt with. Rubert is on the far side of the uh, room, on the lip of the other side of the trap next to the door. It seemed a difficult task to get across. Um, what do you do? Um, oh, let's see. And actually, I... before you, because Phil was trying to jam the, uh, oh, the yeah. thing before it stopped, so I'm going to let Phil do that. Phil, it does. what are you trying to jam in there? Well, I was, I guess since I technically haven't done it, is there anything close by that I even have enough time to? 
Like, is there a rock or anything? Uh, there is a lot of debris in here, yeah. Alright. Alright, yeah, you can attempt to jam it. Uh, jam it. It's going to require a DC 15 dexterity check to jam it without, like, getting your hand smushed. And Nine. Alright, and it could be sleight of hand if you'd want. Uh, it's the same. It would be a nine either way. Uh, unfortunately, your the rock just gets smacked out of your hand, toppling down onto Zelnern. The uh, oh. <laughs> the swinging plate kind of stabilizes, uh, and now you're out of the the time sensitivity. Celeste, is there any way you would like to try and help Zelnern out of that pit, or assist Rubert in getting uh, that door open on the far side? Um, uh, am I able to? So basically, it's like, can we try to open the door right now is one of the things. No one's attempted to open the door. It's There is a rotating plate in the ground where basically the tiles are set on like a spinning pole, I guess. So when you step on the tiles before the door, they flip over, dumping you into a pit and then sealing themselves, trapping you inside. Uh, Zelnern is still trapped down in that pit. Uh, Rubert has jumped across because it turns out there is a small one foot wide lip on the far side of the room that you could like next to the door that you could stand on. But obviously that can only hold one person. Um, Is it possible to try to like use a thorn whip to like try to whip at the door and like attack the door? What would be your goal to yank the door off its hinges towards you? Yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, it'll pull it back smacking into Rubert. Uh, but it is doable. Is that your yeah, goal? Yeah, try this out. Yeah. yeah All yeah. right, make an attack roll against this wooden door. Ah. Oh, no, I got The this. AC is five as this door is old and decrepit. I rolled, and I got a 17. And what coils, like, punctures through it and tears at the door. The door is so fragile that it only actually has about five points of HP left. What'd you roll as damage? Two. Two. Well, so you managed to damage it, but then the thorn whip yanks it, and it jerks backwards. It does open the door, which apparently wasn't locked. Uh, it jerks it open towards Rubert. Rubert, I need a DC 10 deck save to not be smacked by a door and knocked into the pit. And I think muted. Rubert is muted. Sorry, I muted myself. Yeah, I got a crit. Nice. You sidestep, and you're actually able to leverage this opportunity to, uh, the door flies off, like, flies open, not off its hinge, but you sidestep, and you find yourself now safely, uh, inside the door with the, or in the other room, with the door wide open. Uh, um, well done, team. I plan all along. Hey, Rubert, you want to try helping us with this platform instead of standing over there? I ju- okay. I got confused for a second because of the thorn whip. I pull out my gun. Mutiny? <laughs> <laughs> so learn down below here's everyone doing a mutiny without him uh, so looking at the uh looking at uh so like rubert's managed to cross into the other room and you all can get a view of it so rubert you've stepped into that other room and before you get zelnern out rubert i'll describe the gruesome sight you see inside the tower shell this circular area is cobbled with cracked granite upon which sprawl the bodies of four goblins apparently slain in combat only to be desecrated afterwards 
one corpse stands with its back against the western wall. This The goblin spear that killed this goblin still skewering it and holding it upright pinned into the wall a foot off the ground. Three wooden doors lead from this area, uh, and it is a hollow tower of loose masonry that stretches 30 feet into the air above you, but the intervening floors and stairs are gone except for a couple crumpled ledges. Uh, it is a gruesome sight at all these goblins uh, massacred, and you do see a lot of the, or each of them has a broken mask on the ground next to them, depicting a lizard, like a lizard face on these large Batiri masks. Hmm. This is uh, gruesome. What do you see? It's uh, a lot of death and not much else. And then presumably you turn your attention back to uh, Zelnurn in the pit before investigating this next room. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll lower a rope down to him. So how do you do that without the uh, pit being open? Oh, I thought it was jammed open. Oh, no, no. He uh, failed, failed to do it. Actually, oh, okay. Zelnern, you are still you were down in there, and now that you're in there and the giant rat has been taken care of, you realize that the north side of this uh pit's wall interior, there is a strange mechanism on it. Uh there are gears without cogs that connect to chains that aren't see uh joined by links, and strange like uh teardrop shaped discs. Uh, they kind of bob up and down. It looks like an alchemist's workshop, only flattened and built into the wall next to you. This mechanism is clearly what controls the resetting of the uh, uh, platform above you, but it is alien in nature. Uh, even to you, who grew up with dwarves who, while they weren't able to live in their great fortresses, would talk about how uh, uh, how engineering works... These mechanisms seem strange and alien, clearly not of goblin design, and undoubtedly the work of the ancient ones, who apparently built pit traps in front of their doors. Uh, and Zelnern, you realize you could probably break that mechanism or jam the mechanism, making it to where the door couldn't open. Or sorry, the door couldn't open or would be stuck, uh, or the platform would be stuck midway if you were to do it mid-process. I... Yeah, I'll wait for him to try to open it again, and I'll jam a goblin bone into one of the gears. <laughs> All right, uh, so it's going to be a DC 10 dexterity check to uh, jam it in from down here. Um and you shout up and arrange this with the group. You all shove to get the platform to start to spin and pull away while uh, Zelnern tries to shove the uh, goblin bone into the sp- uh, spurs. Would anyone be lending him any sort of uh, guidance or any sort of... Uh, I guess you can only guidance if you're down there with him. So uh, does anyone lend him any sort of bardic inspiration? My mind is fine handle this. I believe in you. All right. You've got this, Zelnern. So he tries to jam it in. Zellner and roll to jam it in. Can we say that if this is monetized? 16. Uh, yes. <laughs> 16? You managed to jam it in. Uh, and the platform st- oh, yeah. stops halfway oh, yeah. open. Uh, the, tra- the puzzle, or sorry, the puzzle, the trap is ruined um, until that pulls out. And you hear a strange, not grinding, but a whining sound emanating from the mechanism. Uh, the rest of you find that it's now much easier to uh, step basically around the uh, side of the pit and jump through into the uh, tower shell with Rubert. Rubert, you lower that rope down to let Zelnern up and in, 
And the lot of you find yourselves now within this tower shell. Um, you see the same sight that Zelnern, uh, sorry, Zelnern, that Rubert saw. A, a circular area cobbled with cracked granite stretching up 30 feet to stone, or to like broken roof ahead or above. Uh, you see that there is four goblin corpses with uh, broken lizard masks on the ground. One of them has been uh, a spear still through him and he's stabbed into a wall and hung up uh, there. And you see that there is blood splattered above him, almost in like a patterned shape. Meanwhile, there's also uh, three doors that uh, lead out of this room. There's the door you entered through, one in the north side, and then one that's wide open in the uh, southern side, leading into another chamber. What would you like to look... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Can I look at the... You said there's a blood... It's in a pattern above one of them? Yeah, you look at above the one that's who's been stabbed into the wall there, and clearly, like, as a display, you see that there is blood sort of in, not random splatters above him, but it looks like it was intentionally applied there. And as you look at it for a moment, it suddenly dawns on you, that's supposed to be letters. Goblin handwriting is so bad, or whoever's handwriting did this is so bad, that it's hard to tell it from random blood splatter. But it's clear now to you that this is a language of some kind written on the wall. Uh, does anyone here speak a goblin? Or no. read goblin, rather? Can I, um, before we, like, go to it, because I'm worried about traps, I want to, like, how long is the spear? Can I pull the spear and then, like, use it? Classic D&D 10-foot pole style to, like, uh, it, hit stones on the ground? It's a short goblin spear, so it's more of a oh. javelin. Um so it's maybe five feet high or tall, so you'd basically have to be hitting in the space immediately around you. Oh, so even if I pick it up, I might yeah. hit a trap. I, I yeah. stand still, never mind. Yeah, and you just saw the last one required a certain weight of pressure, so even then a 10-foot pole wouldn't really help you. True. So it looks like a goblin killed this goblin? It is, there's a goblin spear run through a goblin, and there's goblin writing written in goblin handwriting above the goblin's corpse. Uh, I don't know if you can... If we're on a tight time budget, but if we could hang out here for 15 minutes, I could uh, ritual comprehend languages. And, Do uh, it. I agree. We should go slower than the pace I had set. <laughs> Can I, like, uh, ready my pistol, I guess, at that open door? So you have your... Uh... Uh, at the open door, so you sit there with your pistol aimed for the next 15 minutes, hoping, uh, or in case anything comes through. Well, meanwhile, Jules... Well, I just stand guard. I don't actually ready. Sorry. All right. And Jules, you start uh, working a... the blood magic to find out, uh, or to comprehend languages. Celeste, what were you up to? I have a question. Would I be able to, like, based on the stories my family told me about the Ancient Ones, gather that these look like Ancient One traps? Or, like, the the groundwork was an ancient one trap. Yeah, make a make a history check on that. It was like based on what Zelnern was describing that he saw down there. Yeah. 17. Uh that strange alien description sounds just like the ancient one wonders. Uh it said that uh their technology was so far and beyond even the greatest of engineers in this world uh that it was that was part of what allowed them to provide so much and to do so much for the world um or at least do so much for the shattered isles uh whether they used it for good or for ill is unclear as much of the history has been lost but it's certain that their uh 
their feats of engineering were alien wonders. Not necessarily alien like from outer space, but alien like hard to grasp and understand for your uh, commoner mortal minds. I look at Phil and I'm super excited. I'm like, Phil, Phil, you'd like these traps. You'd like to tinker with these because they're super cool. And I start telling him stories that I was told by like my family about like scary traps that happened. Man, and you're telling me he ruined that one down below? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so, right? So while Jules is actively casting uh, or working this ritual, does anyone want to explore that room with the uh, open door in it uh, off of this tower shell or try and pass through the closed door that leads to a space unknown? Uh, I'll check out the open door. All right, uh, Rubert, and does anyone accompany Rubert? I will. I want to make sure he's careful. Oh, just right, like you it... were with that fuller trap, huh? <laughs> Learn uh, from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Rubert and Zelnern, you look into uh, this next chamber where you see that it has masonry walls of this 20-foot-wide hall are in poor repair, like the rest of this uh, ruined fortress. The far end has completely collapsed, uh, and filling the southern section with rubble. Meanwhile, the western wall is in much better shape than the other walls, and it holds a stone door uh, depicted with a rear, like a coiling serpent carved as a relief upon it. Uh, the door, you note, has a single keyhole situated uh, within the open mouth of the serpent as it coils down and opens at the front of the door. Hmm. So Does it seems it look to be like nothing. something would fit inside the mouth. Uh, as you step in to inspect it, I assume, like carefully patting the ground in front of you uh, after that last little thing, you and you don't quite touch it out of worry. Uh, you notice that it does indeed looks like there's like a small slit hole uh, with a key shaped drop in it. So it's that circle with like the uh, teeth down, and it looks like a key is meant to go inside the open mouth of this serpent statue carved into the, uh, or the serpent carved into the uh, stone door. Did your dad happen to give you a key like that? <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately not. I mean, he gave me many keys, but more metaphorical keys. Ah, uh, I see. Well... That's too bad you didn't get at least one physical key. <laughs> uh, do the two of you attempt to mess with that in any way? Mm. What, what do you think, Zellner? Maybe one of the goblins has the key. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, yes, let us go inspect the bodies. I have a question. Yes. So based on like the strong the strong technology of the the ancient ones, is it like tinkering like science technology or is it more like magic based like because it I was always taught as like magic based technology it, uh, it is magic based technology as far as your stories believe. Can I cast tech magic to look for any further traps in the room? Yeah, uh, are you doing that as a ritual while Jules does his ritual? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll be like just after his because I realized what was going on and was busy talking to Phil and then got really excited. And then, Phil, you are the only one really keeping watch, so I need a perception check from you. Oh, Phil, keeping watch. 
Back at it again. Oh, man. 16. Like an eagle um, down as, here. As your ears pick up, and <laughs> you can tell there is... You're not alone in here. You can hear the screeching of rats down in the room that uh, Rubert and Zelnern stepped out of. And even echoing up through the underneath the doors and cracks, you can hear faint uh, gibbering sounds echoing in the halls. It's too clear to make out if it's uh if it's word or like words or screaming or goblin mouthing or like even a monstrous gibbering mouther. Uh it just sounds like it's some noise that tells you something is alive here in the uh in the sunless citadel. Um and as you but nothing comes and attacks. Jules, your comprehend languages finishes and you look at the writing above the door and uh you see that that writing above the door yeah uh you'll see the writing above the door reads calcrix is ours calcrix is ours calcrix and the name calcrix seems to be a uh, a proper noun um, so Calcrix is ours is written as like a threat or a statement, a declaration above this corpse that's been impaled as a demonstration, likely by another goblin. Hmm. Okay. So uh, it's written above the goblin? Yeah. So did he... Um, okay, so he walked up past the spear and everything. There were no traps. Got it. There didn't seem to be any thing jumping out with you in here your perception didn't pick up anything um so uh and as you finish that uh celeste your detect magic uh uh, allows you to see in here as you're like looking through the taroka deck to understand if there's any problems about or any like secret magics uh around you and there doesn't seem to be any magics in this tower chamber uh, you maybe even pot- walk down into the other room that uh, Rubert and Zelnern had explored, that one with the serpent door. And as you step in there, it becomes very clear that there is indeed abjuration magic at play on that serpent door. Oh. I tell the crew that there's abjuration magic. Going on. So you warn everyone there is some sort of warding spell, whether it's a glyph that explodes when you try to open it, or a uh, magic that keeps it uh, uh, stronger and intensified on its lock. You're unsure, or maybe even an alarm that sounds the uh, creatures in the deep when you try to open it. You're unsure, but you know there is some type of ward on that uh, serpent door. However, the door, the yet unexplored door that leads out of this tower you have no idea. It doesn't seem like there's any magic on it. Um, no one's really approached it. Uh, Phil is kind of poked at the ground with a javelin to try and see if there's any traps in it and uh, has found nothing. Um, so which is your preference of exploring? Do you want to try and force your way through the warded serpent door or do you want to explore the yet unexplored path? Did we check all the uh, goblin bodies? Oh, looting the goblin bodies. You find that it looks like they've already been looted. Uh, yeah, it looks like these goblins have already been looted, likely by whoever killed them, unfortunately. Or fortunately. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Only for you as pirates. Let's check out this other path. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I did not I want agree. to mess with the magic door as of yet. Did, uh, um, all right, so where's your sense of adventure? Yeah, Phil. Oh, I was just going to ask um, the, the room with the dragon or the serpent door. The serpent door. Is it just like an empty room in the serpent door? There's like nothing in it? Yeah, well, so it looks like it was originally a much larger hallway or another uh, battlement in that uh, castle. Uh, but the southern side has completely collapsed. So it looks like whatever it was originally oh. meant to serve or what else was on it is gone. And it more serves as a, uh, at this point, just a entryway leading to the serpent door. Okay. Is oh, the, col- like, in the collapsed stones, are there anything? Can I go look at that before we switch sides? All right. So as Rubert pops open the uh, the door, uh, Phil wants to go poke around in the other room. Uh, the only thing that you find in there, as you uh, look at it and maybe make sure other people are with you, so you're not alone, uh, is another giant rat scrabbling up oh to grab you. Uh, Phil, you are quicker on the uh, on the initiative, I think, than it. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I pull out my arcane firearm and shoot a ray of frost at it for 19 to hit. That is certainly a hit. Roll damage. For four damage. The rat is chilled and frightened by you, but not slain. Rubert, you were just about to open the door in the other room when you heard Phil suddenly cry out from a rat in the other room. Do you rush <sighs> down to help him? You're a, cup, you're a room away. Or do you uh, kind of let him handle it? No, I'll, I'll come in and help. <laughs> All right, Rubert, you head down into the room. You get to within like 30 feet of the rat. You see it chilled and in the corner, but looking ravenous and about to leap on uh, Phil. I'll throw a dagger at it. You're about 30 feet away. The dagger soars out towards it, impaling into the rat, no doubt. It only has AC 12. Well, I missed. I got a 7. It clatters on the stone. The rat snivels. Jules, you had just stepped into the room, kind of following Phil to make sure he wasn't in danger. You find yourself less than 30 feet from the rat. What do you do? I will try to help shepherd this rat onto the next life. You told the dead? The rat got a two. This is not a wise rat, and he is drawn towards death. He's already wounded, so enjoy your d12. Uh, Four damage. The rat collapses on the ground slain what adventurers you are uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys gi- I, I won't veer off again <laughs> oh the, in uh, the story I mean, i'll tell there were 20 rats uh it's not so terrible though because by looting through there uh the rat does jump out to get you and that is it yeah i lied to you yeah that's all it is uh there's no <laughs> there's no treasure in there um <laughs> phil uh but now now everyone's had a good look at the serpent door. You return back into the tower shell, that first uh, major room that you entered with the uh, goblins massacred around it, and now look at that door that Rubert had already opened and looked down into. Uh, this You open that yet unexplored door, and when you look inside, you see it is another long hallway stretching down for about 30 feet uh, with doors on uh, the south, north, and west side. 
Um, when you step down into there, uh, moving carefully along, uh, worried about any traps and poking the ground now that I've ruined you as an adventuring party and you'll never uh, trust me again with doors, um, a cheap trap to deal five points of damage and, uh, and uh, basically ruin the campaign pacing from here on out, uh, you make your way into the hallway and carefully and cautiously inspect some of the doors along the way. Um, as I said, there was a north door, there's a south door, and there is a west door. When you pop open the north door, you find that it is basically completely empty. It looks like whatever used to be in here has long since rotted away, or the uh, goblins have stolen it. Just this ruined chamber stands empty of all but a litter of rocky debris, and the smell of creatures that don't care a literal rat's ass for personal hygiene. Um, and uh, as you smell, you can see that room, smell that room, uh, you feel disturbed by it. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, door to the south, as you, uh, as you pop the uh, door to the south open, uh, again, carefully, quietly, and making sure everyone's stepping back so that you're not assaulted by anything. Uh, the room inside... Uh, you see that this this uh, the room inside is, and even the door that you've just opened, had a stone relief carved door sealing this chamber, and that portrayed a serpent swimming through the water uh, like a fish. Um, sorry, you did not open it because it's locked. I lied to you. Oh, I forgot. Warmly open this door. So you yeah you see a uh, you look at the door it's got an image of a serpent swimming like a fish through the water uh, and it seems to be an ornate door the first nice looking door you've seen that's not just kind of filth and waste uh, when you try to open it you do find well, that it is well seeing as locked. we do not have a rogue in the party perhaps we should bust it open <laughs> or because I got a lockpick set yeah. Oh, that's right. Or we could use invisible hands or mage hands. And I look over at Jules and like, you could open that door again like you did on the ship. It worked on the yeah. ship because he could see through the glass panes. Here it is a sealed door that he couldn't see the far side. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah, sorry. I thought I forgot Phil or that artificers are proficient in thieves tools as well. Yo, Celeste, read me one of those cards. What's it say about old Phil daddy? <laughs> Please don't call me that. <laughs> Uh, Danny Ocean. <laughs> Danny Ocean, you're a warrior. You got this. <laughs> what am I rolling for a thieves uh, tools? It's going to be a dexterity thieves tools check. Oh, and by doing that, I'm casting guidance. I'm hype them up. I like it. I got a 15. Heck yeah. No, that's not good enough. Uh, you try and <laughs> uh, flounder about. It is well sealed. Clearly, they did not want people... Uh, opening this room. You wonder if even the goblins have made it inside. I say that to everyone. I, uh, I probably should have done this in the first place, but if you want to, can, can you try again? This time I'll try to help you out. Give you some guidance. How would you be helping him? Through guidance? guidance spell. Oh, can a person benefit from guidance twice? I only did it. I haven't done it. Uh, Celeste did. Celeste is already Oh, I'm sorry. Him. Oh, Robert, why don't you like put a dagger in there? You know, like twist the bolt a little for me. Here, hold this. I give him one of my tools. <laughs> Can I push the roll? 
Do you want me to do it? No, like you're holding one of the, uh, like you're holding the pin. Oh, and I'm okay. holding the other piece. I don't know. Uh, so tech. So uh, what's interesting? Uh, just quick googling. Uh, guidance does not stack, but it does apply both counts. You roll both dice, but you pick which one to add. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even add guidance to my fifteen, but wow. So much for being a warrior. Unfortunately, <laughs> even with guidance, you yeah. would not have managed to yeah. pick this lock. It is a uh, I'm sure DC twenty yeah. lock. All right, let's. Oh. Uh, let's I see. I kick it. I get kind of angry. <laughs> you kick yeah. it, and it is a hard door. Well sealed. I'm a warrior. <laughs> uh, do we have? Are you kicking it with your peg leg <laughs> or your regular? <laughs> my peg leg. No, I I stand on my peg leg and kick with my regular leg, and then I fall on my ass afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Just teeter slowly over. So, Jules, with this door being unopenable, were you about to call for pressing onwards into the next room? I guess so. We don't have a way to like burn it down, do we? It's uh, a metal or stone door. This one is a uh, stone relief carved door sealing this chamber that portrays a serpent swimming like a fish. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll find a key elsewhere. We might. We might find out underwater or something too. Maybe the the serpent and the fish mean something. Maybe. Oh, did Maybe. that name that Jules saw? Did we ever like do a history or anything on that? Did anyone have knowledge of that? Calcrix. We heard of Calcrix. Anybody? Every, everyone make a history check on Calcrix. Eight. Nine. Twenty-two. Wow. Uh. With a uh, uh, with Celeste's high confirmation, there is nothing of that name that's of significance, save for it's distinctly a draconic name. It was written in Goblin, but it's distinctly of draconic roots. Hmm. Something tells me there's some Goblin warring going on here. Uh, so as you approach the uh, final door that leads out of this chamber, so you went from that tower shell we talked about, uh, you ignored the serpent door for now, you found one room in here is just completely empty, this uh, serpent swimming, this uh, water door, or we'll call it serpent fish door, uh, has been proven unopenable, but there's still one room at the far, or one door at the far end of this hallway that remains unopened. Um, as you approach it, uh, again, probing the ground cautiously uh you find that uh this door like the others before it is not locked as you like grab at the handle like the iron ring and turn it um do you enter loudly or do you try to enter quietly let's uh guess be a little cautious all right i'm gonna need stealth checks as you step into this chamber no, not like it was. <laughs> 15. Uh, 15 as well. 20. 12. Got an 8. I feel like I'm trying to like step in this very specific way I used to do when I was an adventurer, but without the same like muscle tone or something that I used to have. I'm just like clonking around like a love dummy. it 
you step into the chamber, uh, all of you moving quietly as you step through the door and into the chamber. Crudely executed symbols and glyphs, scribed in bright dye, decorate this large and irregular-shaped crumbling chamber. Again, it looks like goblin writing all over the wall, but here and there is a piece of writing in Draconic, if anyone speaks that. Uh, a large pit in the center shows evidence of a recent fire. A uh, rusted metallic cage in the uh, middle of the southern wall contains a gaping hole and stands empty. A small wooden bench draped with green cloth is next to the cage, and several small objects rest on it. A bedroll lies near the wooden bench, and the sounds of whimpering comes from inside the little bedroll. I'll uh, walk up and run my hand along the Dratonic, Dratonic text and hear the words spoken uh, into my mind. You see that it's uh, various words. Uh, basically, it seems like it's an alphabet lesson and simple <laughs> educational lessons addressed like as if a children's book written in Draconic. Uh, and when you look at the goblin, the goblin writing as well, it seems to be similar messages. Now, none of uh, this is anything of uh, greatness. Uh, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing like morally sound. It seems to be goblin lessons uh, and almost like a Rosetta Stone where the goblin then translates into Draconic and it's a rough approximation of the same thing. Uh, while nothing seems to stand out, the only piece that uh, uh, the only piece of this that does stand out is not like regular uh, like lessons, you know, mixed with goblin cruelty, uh, is a repeated line, a noun, vashak larak, uh, which, because you, considering you have uh, the comprehend languages, you realize vashak larak is goblinese that translates into uh, death tree. Death tree. And, yeah, and where it's written, it's never uh, betray the Vashak Larak. Tra- fear, respect the Vashak Larak. Hmm. And it seems to be treated with a frightened reverence and seems to be as important to teach whoever these lessons were for uh, as things like the alphabet and how to eat a fish <laughs> goblin lessons uh, but there's also that whimpering emerging from the sleeping bag whoever's in it doesn't seem to have acknowledged you at all Jules give me give me the net I'm gonna throw it at that whimpering yeah, thing but it, it might be a it might be a child where it looks like we're in like a alright alright yeah it looks like someone's being held hostage so I can't throw the net over the thing Great to be clear. Here, I'm holding you, the net. Yeah, take take the net, but let me here. I throw the net. No. <laughs> you throw the net and it lands on the pile. There's a struggle as the weighted balls hold it down, and you hear a little voice uh scrabbling out in uh first in draconic frightened as it goes, Jackroco! and then uh shouting out oh. in uh goblinese, uh which uh Jules, you understand all of this with your comprehend languages, as it says, uh, scrabbles out, Yo, don't hurt Meepo, please! Meepo is sorry about losing Calcrix! Meepo's so sorry, don't hurt Meepo again! Oh no, can I tell if it's a, is it a child's voice, or is it... Uh, it is a small creature, 
uh, but it doesn't sound like necessarily a child. It also doesn't sound like Goblin is native to it. Instead, it sounds like the Draconic was its first uh, reaction. Perhaps a dragon uh, child hidden under the uh, bed. It referred to itself as Meepo. Uh, does anyone, you've, however, trapped it in this yeah. net? Me- this Meepo? plus three net. Since Meepo. its name is Meepo, it's Meepo. It's it's asking, begging us not to hurt it. I take off the uh, blanket or whatever it was curled in. Uh, inside, you see a weepy little kobold. Uh, this little uh, like small lizard creature uh, is a small lizard humanoid. Stands no bigger than a halfling. It looks like he has been uh, sobbing for quite some time. His body is racked with shudders and now there is fear, but it's a tired fear. You see that he is bruised and uh, somewhat uh, like lacerated in places and it looks like he's been getting bullied pretty fiercely. Uh, as you pull it back, he looks up with fear in his eyes and he says, No kill Meepo! Make nice, make nice, no kill Meepo! And he says that in common as he sees the, or Agduland, as he sees the the five of you. Um, We won't kill you. you. Are you okay? Meepo shudders and says, No, no, no! I lost the dragon! Calcrix? Is that a dragon? Calcrix's head. Yes, you you know Calcrix. Oh, the, the clan's mascot. I lost her. Is they it, hire, how do you lose a dragon? The, the lizard goblin stole it. The lizard teary. Hey, I'm the dragon keeper for the boar teary. We, they were attacking this this fortress to take it from the lizard teary. And, well, I was supposed to bring the dragon, he gestures to the cage, to make sure we had a mascot. And I lost it! Those lizard-teary goblins broke in here and they cut the bars and they stole Calcrix from me. And now, and now Yusdrail is going to beat me more. Ah! Ah! He cries. When did this happen? Just yesterday, day before. I don't know. The beatings and the crying is all the same. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Is, is the is the dragon in this fortress? Yes. The goblins oh. haven't been able to leave. The the lizard teary cat clan can't leave. For the boar teary are holding them here. There's no other way out. It's a siege. Oh, so you really messed up. I say under my breath. <laughs> I moved. <laughs> I'm moved by his story and take the net off of him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, he says, it's okay. Meepo is cowardly and pathetic and deserves to be trapped. <laughs> Are there any uh, other... He's not wrong. Are there any other kobolds here or is it just goblins? Uh, he looks at you and says, only me. I am the only dragon keeper. Who's taking care of Calcrix? Who's making sure he gets fed the right amount of rations? One scoop of rat, one scoop of goblin poop each day! Mm. All part of a balanced diet. Yeah. All part of it! <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of rats and goblin poop here. Um, so, hopefully not. So, you won't kill Meepo? Uh, no. Can you? Well, that depends. Can you give us directions? Can we? Can we talk before we? Hold on. Can we? Can we do like an aside? 
I don't like that as a response to you won't kill me. Can we talk first? We won't kill you. Don't worry. You were just moved by his story. Why would you want to kill him? No, I don't mean it like that. I'm like, yeah, of course we won't kill you, but like... It matters not. Meepo sinks... What languages can this guy speak? You know, you should come with us. Meepo sinks back down into his uh, bag and wraps his sleeping cloth around his shoulders and kind of shudders some more. It matters not. I'm, what, good is a, what good is a dragon keeper without a dragon? There are some what traps a- that require a live bait. <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, <laughs> so I, I thought that was about to be some poetic. There are some traps that don't need a lockpick, but an emotion or just some sort of <laughs> impassioned wisdom. But no, it was about using a goblin as bait or a kobold as bait. He's so broken. I like him. Maybe, maybe if you come yeah. with us, we'll be able to find the dragon. Maybe we'll be able to find Calcrims. Yeah. You help us, we'll help you. No, no. We won't let you die. No. Y- Yzdrail has said none can, le- uh, none can leave. Boar Queen Yzdrail has said that we have to siege the lizard, the, the lizardiery. If we siege them, they'll end up eating Calcrix. I just know it. Those lizardiery are monster goblins, unlike the boar teary. I mean, all goblins are monsters. Yeah, but <laughs> but the boar teary pay me, and now they beat me. <laughs> oh, here he goes again. Before you go into, buddy, I feel for you. You know. There's this thing like sadness by comparison. You know, I got a peg leg. I'm not doing too well. But if you came with us, I'd feel a heck of a lot better about myself. <laughs> if you know what I mean. You know what? I don't. Before you get down and start crying again, can you tell me about that the the doom tree? What, what's that anecdote right there? Are you reading this text? The Ashaklarak. Uh, Hey, I don't know about it. I don't know anything. Meepo's just a dumb idiot that can't even keep a, a dragon in a cage. But wait, Yisdrael might know. <gasps> he seems excited, perking up for the first time. Meepo don't know, but Boar Queen Yisdrael knows. Meepo take you to meet Yisdrael. And if you are leader, you make nice and, and you get safe passage. Meepo can promise you safe passage to Yisdrael and you can ask Yisdrael and then, and then she can give you permission to go find Calcrix. Meepo, do you, um, do you know uh, where we're looking for this plant? Uh, do you think if we help you with this, you could help us with something else? Uh, Meepo sighs and kind of sobs, looking a little deflated. And he says, Meepo doesn't know where to find plants. <laughs> There's trees out there! He points back the way you came in from. Big, tall vines and jungle plants. If these guys want to siege, we could siege with them. <laughs> I feel like we don't want to get... I mean, I want to help this this guy, but... I could take you to our leader, to Yestrail. She would know about your tree. She knows so many things. She's so smart. I really want to, but is she going to, like, kill us or eat us or... No, no, no. Meepo can assure you have safe passage. Okay. Do we want to do an insight, or can we just, yeah, let's go and touch our nose 
how do we want to do this? I really want to trust him because he's so pathetic. But I also like know this place is full of traps and illusions. So I'm not sure if I trust him yet. We'll have him lead the way. So any potential traps he would fall into first. He will trigger them. I'll write 400 times as much as him. The the goblin set it off, surely. You said there were goblin corpses down there. If they're heavy enough to set off the trap, perhaps this one is too. That's true. Okay. Can I... Can I do an insight, I guess, if no one's going to do an insight? On Meepo? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Make an insight check, because you're skeptical of the kobold who says he's going to totally give you safe passage to his <laughs> goblin queen so that you can make a negotiation with a goblin queen. Three minus one is two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're unsure. You don't know if you can trust him or not. Kobolds are trap makers by uh, by nature, and uh, that's like how they hunt primarily. Uh, and you are five well armed and armored people against one kobold crying in a sleeping bag. So uh, <laughs> the only defensive so strat he could pick is to lure you into a trap. Uh, okay. But also, he seemed pretty sad until you he thought of this way to help himself. I'm a. Uh... I don't trust him, but I'm still an idiot, so I take that spear, and I still think that I'm going to be able to detect traps with it, even though I very clearly can't. I love it. Uh, So are people willing to follow Meepo to meet the Boar Queen of the Boar-Tiri Goblin Clan, uh, and the Boar Queen Yisdrael? This is a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Get a little closer, at least. I feel like... Do we have a do we have a word that we want to use in case we realize things are going so, just the nose? Okay. Or the old uh, we'll give her the aristocrab special. <laughs> the aristocrabs. The, the pin- give them the pinch. Pinch pinch. <laughs> or if uh, Celeste summons her crab, that's when we know it's <laughs> All right. time to pull the trigger. Deal. Deal. So you start following Meepo. Uh, and as you start following him, you immediately hear him say in Goblin, Tickle Corn! Tickle Corn! Uh, and, that's, and as he starts saying Tickle Corn, Jules, that's when your uh, Comprehend Languages ends and you cease to uh, understand any further. But he starts saying the same word still of like, Got to crack! Got to crack! Got to crack! As you're walking down the hallways. Hey, what's up, Chaotic Normies? It's me, Ryan, who plays your favorite bard, Rubear Greasehand, on Chaotic Normal Shattered Isles. Thanks for listening. Um, be sure to rate and review. Check us out on our social medias if you do those. We kind of don't, but, you know, if we see engagement there, we'll, we'll start using it. Um, you can check Chaotic Normal dot com for all of our social medias and yeah if you can just like share with a friend that's kind of like the best way to share share the podcast right now because uh, social media kind of sucks i mean you all get it but 
if we see engagement there, we'll start using it. We got some stuff in the works right now, but nothing concrete that I can share in detail. And um, yeah, I'll talk to y'all next week. So I'll see you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.